Welcome back, my friends, to the Sweet Spot, where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and I think every week, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. Hey there. Hey, guys. I, I don't think I know what we're going to talk about this week either. <laughs> right? we, we started to have a conversation, and apparently Canada wants to feel special, and so their Thanksgiving is like a month and a half ahead of ours. Correct. Yeah, Almost it's not new, in fairness. <laughs> Our, yeah, ours is the end of November. Yours is the beginning of October. That's right. We, we like to separate our concerns. We don't want to have a, you know, a four-week holiday period. We want to be able to separate Thanksgiving from Halloween from Christmas. So do you have Black Friday early? <laughs> what was that? Do you have Black Friday early also? Black Friday is the same time your Black Friday is because it's all the same e-commerce suite. We all buy oh, from no. Amazon. We all buy from Best Buy. It's all the same. Black well, Friday is supposed to go. You're walking out what you ate. So you had to stay in line. Oh, no, they do parks and stuff for that. Like they go out to a city park or like they walk down to a river or they drown a family member they couldn't get rid of the day before. <laughs> all of that is aerobic. <laughs> Besides, while while we buy product on U.S. Black Friday, most of our actual product is bought on Boxing Day, December 26th, after Christmas. Uh, that's where our major technology purchases are. Yeah, see, they buy all the stuff that Americans return after Black Friday. Correct. They, they buy those. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> all, all, all the open box. All the they, open box. All that tape, and you have to... <laughs> That's interesting. Can we order stuff? Can we get a special discount? I assume so, you could drive up through Buffalo and grab grab your Boxing Day deals. I mean, the dollar does spend well against the Canadian dollar right now. That is true. Right? It might be worth the drive. It could be. Could it might even be worth a flight. Like, <laughs> could be. I get to check a ton of bags. That's true. I could check a ton of stuff. Then you can go through international border, get yourself in a couple few bottles of bourbon. Sounds like a good plan. Do you so also we... then eat the same? Like, do you have a casserole dish or turkey or anything like that? We definitely have turkey. Yeah, we definitely have turkey. No one should have casserole, Carlos. Did you not learn anything from our prior conversation? Wait, no why one... not? Casserole is designed for people who don't know how to cook so they can make something reasonably palatable. The only, right. the as close as you're allowed to get to casserole is something that you know isn't any good, but you eat because it makes you remember your childhood when you were a simpler person that had no palate. And chicken McNuggets were a delightful treat. So, yes. Kraft macaroni and cheese exists to take you back to that time. That's right. Anyone that says Kraft macaroni and cheese is delicious, delightful, wonderful food <laughs> is no longer to be trusted when it comes to the culinary arts. Arguably, casseroles are either are just dimensions of rice or macaroni and cheese. You just add product to each one of those bases, and you bake for three hundred fifty. Well, well, if you're if you're if you live uh, near the Texas border, then it could be it could also be tortillas or tortilla chips. Uh, right. I was going to say, yeah, other bowl. bases, right? Right, right. Other other binding agents used to. Uh, I I don't know what the goal is there with them, but because they don't really make the casserole better. We don't so have a border with Mexico. Like we have American Canadian food. Is that? I, I don't know what that means. Well, it, 
Yeah, yeah, that's it's bad. Am, it's all bad. We call it Amcans instead of Tex Mex. <laughs> we put ketchup on our hot dogs instead of mustard. Uh, I don't so, put mustard on. Do we have the equivalent on an IT environment? Something that we just pile a bunch of junk in so we hope that it will end up good? Do we have the no, casserole of IT? So I was watching this a TV show the other night. I'm not going to let you get away that easy, Carlos. You can't. You can't <laughs> um, so Amazon has a new show. Not not Lord of the Rings, but... Uh, uh, the Power of the Rings. Yeah, but they have again right, the, a league of their own, uh, and it's and yep. it's a TV show based off the 1990s movie with Tom Hanks and Gina Davis and Madonna and right. a really star-studded cast. That was a very sweet movie about um, girls playing baseball during World War II because mm -hmm. groups had left and they did it as kind of a morale boost. And um, it's based off a true story. It was very sweet. Uh, and so they decided, Amazon decided to make a TV show about it. Have you guys seen this thing? The commercials only have not watched an episode. Yeah. Just a commercial. So, so there is a, there is a character from Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. uh, and this is endemic of the show, right? She's from Saskatchewan, has no acts, no discernible accent whatsoever. Right. Boston and the accent. only person from no, not even a Boston accent. Like, might as well be from Southern California. Got it. Um, and most of the people that I've met from that area of Canada have an incredibly thick accent. Like, you're not yes. mistaking them for being from, you know, BFE. Right. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not suddenly going to think, oh, I, I figured you were from Kansas, or <laughs> I thought you were from L.A., or I thought right. you were from anywhere other than Saskatchewan. Right. And she has no discernible accent whatsoever. And I'm watching it, and I'm going, okay, like, you you really couldn't even be bothered to listen to one YouTube video of someone from Saskatchewan? Yeah. One CBC Kenny. You could have picked any accent from Letterkenny, and it would have been better if you presented. Right. And that's actually endemic of the show. They took this beautifully, wonderful, sweet movie with all these stars in it, repeated it as a TV show, and took out all of the joy. Uh, I see. <laughs> I, I'm three episodes in or four episodes in. I still don't know what, where they're going with it. I have no idea what the point is. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I wanted to say Ron Swanson, actually his name. That was his character. Um, yes. He's in it, but he shaved his mustache, which just looks, or his beard, actually. And it just looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. So what you're saying that. is that's the uh, casserole of TV shows? Is this? It is absolutely the casserole of TV shows. Like Good. turkey casserole shouldn't exist. A league of their own TV show shouldn't exist. <laughs> they take everything joyful about Thanksgiving dinner, combine it together into something that that should have taken two hours, that now takes eight hours, and right. what you get out is all of the joy has been baked out over the course of it being stuck in the damn oven. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think to Carlos's point, I do think we, we get into that an awful lot in, in our day-to-day -day lives, right? Um, mm -hmm. Especially when we try to scale things, yeah. right? Um, 
Docker works, Kubernetes works really, really, really well in everybody's lab. Like everybody's super happy about it. Sure. Right. It works super well in my home lab. It's phenomenal. I can run like 45, 50 Docker containers. Right. That's not scale. <laughs> Do you have 45 right. or 50 personal applications that run in containers? Yeah, absolutely. Or do you have a single application that you require 40 yeah. instances of? No, 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 no. I, so I have, I have um, Plex and Heimdall and the Elastic Stack and Home Assistant and um, a bunch of stuff that, that allows me to sail the, the Black Sea. Um, like I, I have, yeah, I have 45 or 50 Docker containers that run at any given time that all do various things. Nice. There's generally, you know, I, uh, you know, I run my, um, well, it's Pi Hole. Um, I'm not running on a Raspberry Pi. I run it in a Docker container, but 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 it's a, a DNS server. Really, you should run it at home. It's a DNS server that just black holes all the ad sites. Nice. Run an ad blocker, but you don't get any of the ads because it just it just uh, it just sends them to a DNS black hole. Oh, you actually don't need a Docker container for that. I will send you. I have no, a. But I like I running it in for servers. I know. But your but point like is, forty isn't four thousand. Forty, yeah, forty isn't scale. It's very yeah. easy to run forty. I can run those at home. I get wonderful stats and dashboards and crap at home. Right. Right. But if I try to scale that, then what happens? Yeah. Right. It, it falls apart for everybody. It's the single pane of glass problem that everybody believes that they want. That's almost impossible to do. Right, because you've got workloads in twenty-nine data centers, and you have third-party doing backups, and you have people do managed, and you've got eight clouds. <laughs> How do you think it's even possible to have a single panic last and want to manage? I don't want. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have no interest in a single, like. I love when vendors ask me that question. So, so what do you think? Like, we're investing in a single panic glass, and I go, "Why?" Well, because customers request it. I said, "No, they they don't. They don't. You don't listen." What everybody wants is a pane of glass for the job they're set to do. And there's 30 different jobs. Right. So I need to pane of glass. What I need is a context valid pane of glass. In other words, I just want to see stuff relevant to my job. I don't want to see relevant stuff that's relevant to anyone else's job. And I need to do that for everyone that uses the tool. Right. Interesting. Can you, do that? Can you repeat well, that? Because that, that's, that's, a, that's a very good point that a lot of people don't understand. Can you repeat that, Howard? Yeah, I don't want a single pane of glass. I want a pane of glass that's relevant for my, for, the, for my job, that has no data that I don't want, that's relevant for someone else's job. My pane of glass should look like my pane of glass. And the only reason it should ever look like anybody else is if they're sitting right next to me doing the same job. That's it, it's the only way. Right? The CIO should not see the same pain that the enterprise architect sees, that the cloud architect sees, that the solutions engineer sees, that the help desk person sees, that the knock engineer sees. None of us should have the same pane of glass. I don't need to see the same things they do. I may need to see similar things, but I do not need to see the same things. Frankly, my pane of glass should play my favorite news channel. And the only time it should change is if something major is red. And then right. switch to that. Like, I don't care if it's Ren and Stimpy that plays 80% of the time. And then you change it when there's an alert that should bubble up to my level. I think there's there's two ironies there. So irony number one, the only person 
philosophically that would require a single pane of glass is the person at the top of the pyramid, right? So the CIO who oversees that entire organization might in fact, uh, one would need to collect information from all things that are happening. The irony of course is the CIO would never sign into a system that did that. It's way too much information, it's way too much overload and you're not actually providing them any guidance they can make a decision on. That, that's irony number one. Irony number two is very few technologists actually use UIs. <laughs> they use CLIs. <laughs> they, don't, they don't necessarily require an actual GUI to support the functions that they want. They want to write a script and launch that script in a CLI, right? They, <laughs> the likelihood that they require a single pane of glass that I agree goes outside of the bonds of their actual role is slim to none. The only time a single like a single pane of glass is useful is when it's a big like worldwide map that shows a whole bunch of shit that I can put up in my knock for right. when this, the the non-tech leadership visits. Like when the COO comes through with all his VPs or somebody brings investors by or big right. customers by, it's super impressive to have all of that shown. Sure. The reality is nobody looks at that thing. It could no. be all red. Nobody would know if their if their local desktop didn't show the same, right? Right, and that's still not the single pane of glass that I want. Right, right. What would so, you like on a single pane of glass? What will be something that an executive will find useful? The time. <laughs> there's nothing. There's no. There's no like time and date. Yeah, like they could just a clock. A clock is useful. <laughs> <laughs> that's useful uh, otherwise it's so hard to create anything that's universally useful that i can't really even think of it right like okay director level that's very very different conversation show me everything that's everything that's exceeded its sla right in my that's domain that, that i care right i'm only Correct. the network architect guy Right. I only care about something that goes down in my domain. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it. Um. I, I guess as CIO, show me any ticket open by the CEO for more than forty-eight hours, so I know I'm going to get a phone call. I guess I, I have no idea what I'd want on a single pane of glass. Right. Or a very short list of the most important workloads that I know will get be newsworthy in some way, right? If the ATMs are down, online banking is down, right? <laughs> Give me that knowledge, but know that I don't have this portal open at any one period of time, right? Yeah. You know, inform me via other communication methods because the portal is not the thing happening. I don't, I don't have a screen up in my office. Running uh, I, this I dashboard. Did. I, you did. Did? I, always, I always had a screen in my office. That was and showing that had a dashboard of some sort uh, on one input. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask. What I had is that single pane of glass the same as a dashboard? Should because the dashboard could be different. Uh, I mean, that's that's that is ultimately the problem, right? Hmm. So single panes of glass only work if I only have one thing that I do. Like if okay, the goal of a single pane of glass is to avoid context switching. Okay, so in order for it to avoid context switching, it has to cover my job end to end, not your tool end to end, my job end to end. Right. Otherwise, it's just the login screen of that tool that I use. Right. Single sure. sign up. 
Right. Sure. If you've made it seven different places I have to go to do my job within that tool, I'm not likely to use that tool again. Right. Like you're not getting renewed if I have to do that. But, but ultimately what I'm trying to do with a single pane of glass is have one place I can look at to do my job. So if you do my job end to end, it's unlikely that your single pane of glass is going to do what you think I want it to do, which I don't want it to do, but you didn't actually ask. And that's the part that blows my mind is when I talk to these vendors and I say, yeah, I don't want that. And I explain what I want. They go, well, yeah, of course, everybody wants that. Right. But are you building that? Well, no, we're not building that at all. Why are you not building that? Because no one told us to build it. Hmm. But did you ask? Right. Did you ask or did you assume? And the answer is they just assumed. They assumed when they heard single pane of glass, it meant the same thing to everyone. Right. And everybody knew what they were talking about. And the reality is nobody knew what they were talking about because they weren't using the same term for the same thing. Yeah. Or better yet, have you watched people use your software? Right. Asking only tells you what's in their forefront of their mind. But sit and watch them for two weeks and all of a sudden it becomes incredibly clear how they are using the system. So the only company I, I can think of that I think is actually attempting to do this right is Slack. Hmm. Because what Slack has said is our mission isn't communications. Right? They're, they say we're not a chat tool. That's not actually what we are. It's very right. similar to kind of the Uber story, right? Um, Uber is not a taxi cab service. The goal of Uber was to see how quickly can I get a car to anyone in America? Seven minutes is the average. Once I, once I know the answer to that, and the fastest way to figure that out was to, to displace the car service, the taxi cab service, because it was, it was underserving its, its market, and so it was easy to, to disrupt. Then they went, well, what, what else can I get you in seven minutes? What would you pay to have in that car in seven minutes? Right. Right? So it's the same. It's, it's kind of the same thing, right? Slack said, um, we're not a chat tool, right? right. But I am. How, do I, how do I get my tool installed on all these desktops? Well, chat, because it was easy to displace the garbage that was there before. What right. they say instead, is there a tool to avoid context switching? Hmm. That's what their goal is, right? And so if you really start to look at the power of, of Slack, the power of Slack is to be in it all day. If you look at the integrations that exist there, you can, you can exist in Slack and communicate with everything that you need to do your job without leaving Slack most of the time. You need to launch a Zoom, forward slash Zoom, and you will launch a Zoom. Right. Right. You want to complete a, a, a task, you just use the integration for that. Like I use Asana, so slash Asana, and I right. can update a task that's assigned to me or update a project that's assigned to me or create a new one. Right. Google automatically tells me one minute before my meeting is about to start. Hey, here's your Slack message. Your meeting is about to start. Right. The, the reality is context switching costs us an enormous amount of money and time. And we need to try to avoid that. And so single pane of glass is supposed to avoid context switching. But if all it works for is one tenth of my job because I have nine other tools, it's not super helpful. I haven't mastered how to reply to a single message. I always go right into the base message. And now, now there's lack of context. <laughs> <laughs> Plus then if people do it, then there's this threads that open up and I got to open up a whole new window. Seems burdensome to me. <laughs> I, I, all the stuff I can say about Slack, I don't really use it very often. No. Like, I, don't, I don't sit in there all day long. 
Um, because, uh, and this is going to make me seem bad. I, I don't like chatter. Like I got stuff to do. I don't really like chatter and it's too easy to get caught up in it. So I just avoid it. And so I stay right. out of slack for the most part. I tend to agree with you. I don't like because there's too many ways that a conversation can go. And they go, it's on Slack. I'm like, but in which of the 200 channels that somebody mentioned the same thing, is that part of the conversation? Right. Uh, are I there other examples of IT casserole? Teams. Like our ERPs, our core banking systems, <laughs> our CRMs, are they... Teams is a perfect example of IT casserole. Which is? Because it does teams, teams. It does none of those things well. It does a passable job at a bunch of stuff. But Carlos has a really good point. Do you know how you delete a group in teams? I have no idea. You don't. No, you just live. It sticks around for Right? Never find anything. There's no global search. Right? Right. What search you really have doesn't really work. It does a horrible job of sharing. Sharing files, horrible, right? Right. I'm constantly getting corrupted files, and right. um, the, the the ability to host a meeting, eh, it's okay. Um, if I send someone the link, they generally have to click on it three or four times to get it to work because, well, they they're not, maybe they're not a constant Teams user. Maybe their single sign-on doesn't work with the, the external company's authentication, right? right? Like all of the things that that other companies have solved, Teams is just crap at. It's right. effectively Skype that they that they smashed into SharePoint like they were cars racing racing towards each other in a demolition derby, and they just smacked them together until they were welded together. Neither one of them make an even passably decent car. Nobody wants to look at that. Both drivers were killed. Like there's there you know they that's uh, I, I can appreciate what they were trying to do, but I, I I would be wholly disappointed were I the CEO of Microsoft. You know this episode brought to you by Microsoft OS 365. <laughs> <laughs> you know that now in, in Windows 11, they have built-in teams that is different than the team. So it conflict when you join a meeting. Yep. Yeah, because so, that's typical Microsoft, right? We have we have seven versions of the same thing all called the same thing. Right. right? It's like they killed one note but didn't kill one note. Right. Right, one the, note was the rumor a of problem. One note's still around; it didn't go anywhere. But right. they killed some version of it and kept another version of it around. So, God forbid, you had the wrong version because then it's killed and orphaned, and you don't have the right version. And good luck finding the right version because I don't even know where that is or which one it is. But they're all called One Note. You've lost all the notes. <laughs> I don't archive because you can't access them. You know, now that you say that, I have a, a great OneNote notebook with a lot of stuff that I was thinking to go back. So I'm going to have to check if I can open yeah. it or not. See, right. Which OneNote is in? Might be lost right. forever. Right. But it, but That'll it's be a mess of casserole. Well, this is just like casserole, right? Um, companies should, should really focus on what they're good at. And if you've established a bar for excellence, like I'm going to be honest, Excel is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right, Excel is a top five technology tool. I, I don't even know what what I would put above it. Just right. just being a web browser, but right. there's no web browser. Right. Yeah, right. Um, Excel doesn't have a competitor that I would put above it. Sure, there's a few features for data integrations that work better in Sheets. Yeah, 
with sheets on a hole? No, I'm sorry, ain't happening. Not not even gonna bother. That's for a power user, that's for sure. No, no, right? Um, Power BI, very, very, very good tool. Excel replacement, not by a long shot. Right, right. Um, I would also say PowerPoint's pretty good. Sure. Not to the level of Excel, but it's better than I don't even know what slides is it. Slides, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not a fan. I, I do everything in PowerPoint and then I'll export it to slides and we'll figure it out from there and we'll hope stuff works. Yeah. Yeah. The word art feature, there's no competitor to do animations or to no. represent what you're saying. Right. And the animation is functionally different and it's very difficult. To, it's not compatible between each other. It's, it's very torturous, right. actually. Right. So, so I know Microsoft can build the tools to that level and to that quality. Right. Um, and, and if you've if you've said, hey, we're this good at doing this, I mean, uh, like it or don't like it, Outlook has some amazing features. And as an email tool, I've really not found a client I like more. Hmm. I'm not saying it's the it's it's perfect by any means, but I've not found a client that I like more. Right? Gmail like is not better than Outlook. No, 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 uh, no that's gross. You still want the ability to forward calendar invites? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, I'd also like it to be kind of integrated so I can see my calendar really quickly. Um, right. I, I, there's a, about a million features that I'd like that Gmail doesn't offer. I don't like the rules engine. I think the, the Microsoft rules engine is better in just about every way. Um, I think Gmail for a personal email service is phenomenal. Right, sure. That's free email service where I'm the product. But if I'm right. going to pay for it, then I'm not the product, in which case I, I should be able to expect a little bit better. Right. And a little bit better doesn't just mean a bigger mailbox. <laughs> right. Right. Like the Google There's no ads. How about that? What do do? I, don't, I, I don't know that I need in Gmail anyhow. <laughs> like it's an email service. This isn't rocket science. <clears throat> right. Like, congratulations. You've, you've made me a product in email. I, it's fine. I don't. I don't know that I've ever clicked on an ad in Gmail, so it's not been obtrusive enough to notice it. AdWords is way worse, right? Like when they start injecting ads into my individual messages, then I'll start to be frustrated and probably move away. So it you know, feels like you're advocating for uh, casserole of productivity tools, but not casserole of of work tools. No, no. I, I just think like I can create everything that you like in a casserole. I can still create by deconstructing a casserole and making each part of it really, really good. I can make a really good noodles, right? With a really good sauce, with properly cooked turkey, with vegetables that still taste like vegetables and not mush, that right. assemble on a plate in a way that, that doesn't look disgusting and doesn't have to be dished out with a ladle. Right. Right that you'd actually want to genuinely go back for seconds and thirds. Oh, this is this is amazing, it's interesting. I can taste each individual component and each individual component still shines. That's what I'm advocating for. What I'm advocating so for is if you know you what you're doing, one good, then don't combine it with a bunch of other stuff and bring the bar so much lower. Don't turn your good work into crap by combining it with a bunch of crap and bundling it and telling me it's a casserole and it's delicious. I know it's crap. I know it tastes like garbage. So you're you you wouldn't no, buy Office 365. You would buy Excel, Gmail, and Slack. Um, yeah, I would buy some Excel. other combination. But that. well, I I like I I like Microsoft's 
online email. Like I think, I think their email is fine. Right. So give me their email, give me Slack and give me Zoom. Right. And, so and go OneDrive to share files. Like OneDrive's awful. So I guess I don't know. Dropbox maybe? Google Drive and then get either. <laughs> Try Chef. Tryshift.com. So the, the tool is called Tryshift. So they allow you to pick all those and you create your workspace with the tools that you like so you can see them all in one screen. Well, that doesn't oh, help me with my OneDrive being crap. Single or Google Drive. <laughs> well, you, you can pick. You want Excel? You can have Excel in there and you can have... Uh, Office 365, and you want Box, you want Dropbox, you want Google Drive, you can pick and you can put Zoom, so everything just the way you like it. I'll, I'll have to take a look. So I think the question comes when as a company... Oh, have you actually looked at their website? Because their tagline is, we turn all apps into casserole. <laughs> 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 so I think the question come when as a leader you have to deal with that casserole mess how do you don't call someone else's baby ugly because they have had to do that and you start to like you said cleaning up and not having a mush and picking up what is the good parts so you can then align everything to move forward. Well, I'm not sure there's an easy answer to that, really. <laughs> like sometimes like uh, on the productivity side, you're kind of going to go all in on a vendor. That's just how these things work because, you know, you want to be a bigger fish in a big pond and there's value to do that. Right. So you're going to, you're going to pick a side and you're going to go with that side. But if we take productivity out of the equation, you look at things like a uh, single pane of glass for, you know, operating infrastructure within your data center, then it's probably in your best interest to not buy, not purposely look for a single pane of glass and to purposely sort of divide and conquer the work that has to get done. So the, the storage admins create and use technologies that's best for them. The virtualization admins use functionality that's focused on them and you kind of divide and conquer and not endeavor to find single technology that brings it all together because it's not in your best interest. So, yeah, so I, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, I think the important thing is to recognize the value of context, hmm. right? A single pane of glass within context has value. Remove the context, it doesn't have value anymore. Right. Right. Um, and I think we often, too often make, make these decisions because they sound good on the face, but we don't actually think about them, right? I mean, casserole, I, I don't know how you guys first discovered casserole, but I discovered it in the school lunchroom, <laughs> right? And it was right. the food that was left over from the previous days that they assembled into some sort of disgusting, <laughs> right? Um, and, and I think we, we too often make those same decisions, right? We kind of say, can we take a swing at all seven of these seemingly disconnected, but only tangentially related decisions in one fell swoop? And yes, we all of us, all of us have tool exhaustion, 
right? All of us have ecosystem exhaustion. There's absolutely too many, right? But, but you really have to think, is that the right place to save money? Is that the right place to consolidate? Is that the right place to make this decision? Or are we better served by a better tool? Yeah, you're right. All too often, we look at our existing tools first and say, can that existing tool perform this function? Even if it's awkward, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not functionally equivalent to what I need, sometimes, if not most of the time, we make the decision that, that it's good enough and we'll implement that. So we'll take our service desk system and say, well, it's kind of a project management tool. So why don't we kind of do project management in it? Right, right. They claim they, claim they can do project management and it kind of works for some of the things we need. And it's easy because it's one tool and we kind of already own it. We, we have to license that module, so it's not free. Right. And we do that, I th we do that a thousand times a budget cycle. Right. right. And and it's okay. You don't have an infinite budget and you don't have an infinite amount of patience. Right. But I do think it's worth asking kind of every time, is this the hill to die on? Right. Right. Um, and, and really balance the weight. Right. Let's get into people here real quick, because employee sat is becoming a huge conversation piece. And if, if you as an executive are not concentrating on it, you, you're likely you're likely to be to be singled out as a failure here in the coming kind of kind of wars because no one can hire anybody a right. and you're not getting the recs that you need anyways. Right. So you really have to focus on retention, retaining your good people um, and encouraging those good people to recommend other good people to come work for you is the name of the game right now. And a big piece of that is what does that ecosystem of tools really look like and how much satisfaction can you drive with that? So is that really the hill you want to die on? You know what I mean? Is saving three bucks per user per month on, you know, tool A versus the tool everybody likes, which is tool B, really the whole the, the hill to die on. That's it's likely like if you think about it on the macro sense, it's likely to be one the cost to retrain one employee on your team is the cost of that. Not to retain an employee, just just the retraining, the loss in changing an employee is likely to be more costly than just paying for the tool. Lack of tooling used to be a nuisance. Using incorrect tooling or extending tooling for, for not its purpose has become a pretty big detriment to employee satisfaction. Right? Yeah. You're forcing them to use something that they know isn't equivalent to their actual job. And you're purposely saying these other five functions that I still I know are fundamental to what you do on every day, you still have to do manually outside of the system like that's asking a lot. Yep. And do not, do not fall into the sunk cost fallacy. Right. Not fall into, well, we've already spent money on this. So we're going to double down on the investment of a tool that didn't work, that didn't do the job we bought it for because we've already spent money on it and I want to get my investment out. No, no, no. You're throwing good money after bad. Right. The faster you can cut your loss and move on, the better off you will be. And granted, that doesn't mean that it has to happen today. But it right. can absolutely be, we're not expanding this tool and we're not renewing it, right? Yeah. And then maybe we think about how we not, don't make that mistake again, right? Maybe it's a good time to spend the, 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 the remainder of the contract term analyzing how you got yourself into that position. So when you start looking for the next tool, you don't, you know, you don't buy another tool that fails to perform, that fails to meet the needs, that, that makes everybody's job just that much worse. And back to irony of ironies, we've gone away from you know, five-year software purchases 
and now in a month-to-month SaaS purchases, it should be way easier to make the decision to buy something else, right? To replace yeah. what you have or to purchase three things that replaces one thing. That should be way easier than it ever has been in the past. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and look, if you're not getting from the tool what you thought you needed, rather than just wait and cancel, reach out to the vendor today. Right. And say, hey, look, uh, I'm not renewing this tool unless these things are fixed. Right. Sure. Half the time they're going to say, okay, cool. Bye. We already got your check. I don't really care. Right. The other half of the time, they're going to show up. They want the recurring revenue. They want the renewal. They don't want to have to go sell another customer to recapture that revenue. So what's it going to hurt you to give them the opportunity to come in and fix it? Sure. A- yeah. And probably all of those times that they're willing to show up, there is a way to fix it. Otherwise, they're, they're not likely to put forth the effort. Yeah, we know right. you're not using the tool right anyways. We probably shouldn't have sold it to you. So yeah, don't renew it. I wouldn't, you know. But if yeah. they're going to show up, they're going to put forth the effort, give them the opportunity. Why not? Especially since you're not likely the first person to ask. Right. You're not, you don't likely have this unique use case that they've never heard of before. Well, even if you were the first, you're not likely to be the last. <laughs> right. right. It's likely to be a chain and you are somewhere on that chain. You are right. either the first or the last, but probably not both. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, give them the opportunity. Let them turn it into a better tool. You've already made that part of the investment. That may allow you to save the investment. But don't don't get into the investment fallacy, the lost fallacy. It's terrible. Right. And dear God, right, stop making roll. That was deep, deep thoughts well, today. <clears throat> now I'm hungry. I want some <laughs> now that that was a great topic, and I think that the idea is as leaders we need to always be looking at not just get what comes in the casserole. Think about can we make a better dish, not a casserole, but actually a dish that, like our mission, that you can taste the vegetables and taste the flavor. So, my friends. It's been awesome to see you this week. Make sure that you subscribe, you leave us your comment, and we'll see you on our next episode.